What's that in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Talk Geekly. Holy Heimdall's headpiece, geeks and geekettes. Tom here, the resident Kryptonian, and as always, I am joined by my friend and yours, he is the Gotham Knight, my man Cody. Yo, 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 what's up, geeks and geekettes? We are Talk Geekly, bringing the latest and the greatest from comic books to video games and so much more from the geek culture, and man, oh man, do we have some heavy, heavy hitting comics and a special review on... An awesome, awesome introductory to a series. But first, Tom, how have you been? How did everything go with your game? Give us the breakdown, man. Oh, man. Uh, we can talk about the game some more. Sure, why not? Uh, it came out. You know, we, we got that demo dropped on uh, the previous Monday. And uh, so far, some pretty good reviews. A lot of the reviews, I'll be honest with you, I kind of expected where they were going to go because I knew what we were releasing was very incomplete. Once again, it was just a demo and it was for a game jam. So a lot of things got rushed in the last couple of days. So like I said, I, I was expecting people to kind of point out things that in my opinion, we needed to have done better anyway, but all in all, very happy with what we did release. And again, very happy with the reviews because a lot of people really liked a lot of the lore, they love the art, they love the music. It was just more of just some of the technical uh, implementation of how we went about things that kind of kind of stuck out for people. But I can't wait to keep making the game and, and pushing it even further. So that's kind of been my week. But besides that, a whole bunch of good, good superhero stuff happened this week. I know you're excited to talk about later. But what was your week like? So I really, I kind of stepped back and just relaxed a little bit and really didn't focus on too much YouTube content and we just kind of enjoyed, you know, some time off and just gaming from, you know, Escape from Tarkov and Valheim once again. I, you know, try to make the most of my extra time and squeeze in some some of the geeky goodness we're going to be delving into a little bit later. But outside of that, just, you know, a whole lot of just spending that stimmy. You know, I got a brand new microphone coming. Very excited to up the audio quality on my end. And a big shout out to Tom for his suggestions and of course his help throughout just everything. Uh, I'm just, I'm excited to step up the game, guys. Oh, for sure. I'm excited for that to happen too. And I know all of our listeners out there are definitely just as excited because we're always aiming to bring you the best that we can. Now, this week's episode is going to be a little bit different, of course, because we have such a blockbuster topic that we're going to hit you with at the end of the show. So without further hesitation, without further ado, we're just going to jump in to those new comic books for the week. Fresh Bulls. So right off the press, I decided to pick up Justice League issue number 59, and this is from the Infinite Frontier series, and this was a little bit different of a, of a book than I was expecting. You know, this is kind of like the backup story. Um, that's what it felt, and we began with uh, Black Adam, and he's at the grave of, you know, one of his beloved, and he's talking to a child who recently just lost his, uh, I, I believe his mom, when this super demonic looking monster just pops out of nowhere and black adam moves to protect this child 
and we just see this flat out just all out brawl. They're they're punching, they're throwing you know headbutts and and blows left and right and just blowing through buildings. And all of a sudden, this demonic force points to Black Adam's chest and just start just starts mocking the symbol on it, the lightning bolt. You know, like who are you? You know, what is this? And then we see Black Adam charging up, getting ready just to unleash his fury. And then in steps the Justice League. And it was such an impressive introduction to the series. We had, you know, Superman, Hawkgirl, Batman, just all kinds of different forces. And we come to find out that this demon's name is Brutus. And he's from a different dimension. It's just insane to see this flat-out insane battle just start to happen between all of them. All of them taking turns of feeding off each other. We see uh, this demon um, get hit with Hawkgirl's uh, mace and it starts reacting to him. And and we come to find out it's reacting from the nymph middle inside of the mace, which is a kind of a pivotal thing with the DC universe. We've seen a lot of that with the Metal series. So it was, it was kind of a cool callback. And then we see Aquaman control the sharks in the water, getting ready to eat this Brutus guy. And all of a sudden, things just start popping off and going left and right. Now, that is all I am going to lead you with. This, uh, this has a special introductory to a new DC powerhouse uh, named uh, Naomi, which was kind of a little bit of a focal point, um, I want to say, a couple months back. Now, this was written by Brian Michael Bendis with art being done by David Marquez. See, I actually almost ended up picking this book up, but then I was just like, ah, I'm not sure how I feel about jumping into a Justice League title, but I do want to hear more about this Naomi character. This is the first time I've ever heard the name, so I'm kind of interested in uh, just kind of a little bit of what she's about. Yeah, so there was only a, a tad bit. It was, you just seen Black Adams, you know, ask her by name, and you seen her turn around um, outside of that, I haven't read a lot. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I really don't know a whole lot about this Naomi character. I just remember her being such a strong focal point that I thought it was worth mentioning. Okay, I got you. All right, well, I'm going to jump into my first book for the week, which is X-Force issue number 18, written by Ben Percy, and we've got art from Gary Brown. Now, the last time I talked about X-Force, we went into a lot of Kid Omega's kind of sense of existential dread, uh, you know, him dealing with the idea that they're basically immortal. And this kind of shows us some of the consequences that actually comes with mutants being able to resurrect. Now, we get this moment where Kid, Kid Omega is still trying to figure out exactly if it's him who is causing the, the, the basically there are murders happening, which happened in the last issue, but also just some really kind of mind games going on on the island of Krakoa. And he's trying to figure out if it's him or not because everyone kind of senses that. And then we have this moment where Sage actually kind of breaks things down and lets him know that it is very possible that someone could hijack the dead body of a mutant and and kind of you know use that to their advantage and she doesn't really explain how but it kind of left me wondering you know okay maybe that's you know what's going on here are they hijacking the power maybe the ability to access Krakoa using that body through some sort of reanimation who knows I don't know yet but it really had me intrigued and I, I tell you what I was a little bit floored because there is one moment where we end up walking in 
on an unconscious Hank McCoy, the beast. And apparently he had a stroke and we get this revelation where Sage explains pretty simple that, you know, me and Hank, we had a deal. If one of us ends up incapacitated, we're going to take care of that. Uh, basically, you know, kill the person because we're like hard drives, whether we're dead or not. You know, we, we have a lot of valuable information on them that people could steal. So I thought that was interesting. All in all, a good follow up to the previous issue. And I still want to know exactly who it is that's that's using Omega's powers to cause the issues that they're causing on Krakoa. So, man, there's just a lot to unpack there. I, I guess my first thing is what what potential can we see utilizing these dead mutants like that? And I guess my follow up to that would be, what are your thoughts on on Hank potentially getting killed? Um, how do you feel about that as well? Well, first off, I want to say as far as the dead mutants are concerned, I think that that is definitely going to be interesting to continue to follow just for the simple fact that mutants are the only ones that can walk through the Krakoan gates. So if some sort of human liberation group or something uh, wanted to get to Krakoa using the gates, obviously using dead mutant bodies would definitely help them. But also just within the last issue and this current issue, we, we kind of get the sense that they can still use the power powers as well. So that's going to open up the doors, you know, the floodgates, so to speak, to a lot of uh, mutant terrorism, possibly, where where the mutants might be getting framed. I don't know. That's just me being uh, the conspiracy nut that I am. But then as far as Beast is concerned, um, honestly, right now, I'm not shocked by any death in the mutant books, just because we know that unless they died in Otherworld, they're going to come right back with no problems. I gotcha. And it's always just interesting to see these new things that I, I cause I, I'm not very versed with Marvel. So seeing these new abilities, like being able to use dead mutants for, for instance, it's, it's just awesome, I guess. Cause I never really considered, uh, that, that type of power. So for me, one thing I decided to dive back into was actually a Nightwing issue. So this is infinite frontier Nightwing issue 78. And we begin with an awesome introductory. I, I have to. I have to say, this begins with Dick walking onto this kind of rich kid. His name is Shelton Lyle, and he's he's a bully, just beating the tar out of this kid. And we see this redhead, and she pretty much just yells at Dick, like, "Hey, you know, step in. You need to take care of this." And we see Dick just destroy and dismantle this guy. Like, you know, the bully throws a punch. Dick ducks down and headbutts and knocks out his teeth. And then, of course, he starts to get overwhelmed as, you know, Shelton has his goons pile up. And then the cops get caught. And it's funny because Shelton's like, haha, dude, you know, my dad owns the police. To which we see Jim Gordon step out addressing the redhead. So that was none other than Barbara Gordon. And mm -hmm. it was awesome to, to kind of see that happen because I was not expecting it. We see Dick get jumped, uh, excuse me, not jump. Dropped off to uh, the Wayne Manor and he's nervous because he's like, you know, Bruce is not going to be happy about this one bit that I'm out there doing this. But it's Alfred that answers. And it is such a touching moment to see Alfred with a young dick and just telling him, you know, like, I'm proud of you. I'm I want to let you know that it takes a real hero to do what you did without a mask. And I just thought that was so awesome. Now, this then jumps into another instance of bullying. It seems like this is the theme of the comic, but this time it's a group of thugs picking on a puppy. And of course we see Dick rescue the puppy and then 
is introduced to a much later and a more adult Barbara Gordon, and she, of course, is in love with the puppy. And then we shift to, I guess, the villain of the issue, which is none other than Mark Desmond. I had no idea who this guy is. I'm not a very versed Nightwing character, and that might be a Batman villain for all I know. But this guy is known to be just an insane, gruesome brawler. Uh, And this guy is talking to the mayor, and the mayor doesn't, I guess, want to compromise, or he he fails in a a task that Desmond sent him up to. So Desmond had him there as pretty much an example. He grabs the mayor by the head and crushes it. And it was gruesome. You've seen the blood dripping from his hand. And it was just insane. And that's where I'm going to leave you off with. You're going to have to pick up this book yourself to see what happens afterwards. This was written by Tom Taylor with art being done by Bruno Redon. So I, you know, similar to you, I guess I'm not very versed as far as Nightwing's history uh, really is concerned, but I, I kind of, I, I could be wrong. Um, I feel like there's a bit of a retcon going um, with the whole Barbara thing there. Because, I mean, isn't, is, Dick should be considerably older than older, Barbara, yes. isn't he? Yes, that's that's what I thought too. And that was my initial impression reading this. I was like, I don't remember this happening but again, I, I'm not exactly sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to research that a little bit deeper. No, and then and, and I, you know, like I said, that's why I want to make sure it was clear that I don't know either. I just kind of am under that assumption just based on my little bit of knowledge of the character. But I think that I guess the where I was going with the question would be like, do you feel like let's say let's say we both agree right now, okay, that's she should have been uh, you know, quite younger. Do you feel like it made sense to change that age as far as the story they were trying to tell, or could it have been done with a different character? So I think it, it ties them together. I see the next issues coming out, tying them deeper and deeper together. But again, Barbara's character's already been through so much retconning that it's pretty insane and at this point you're just pretty much used to it you know she used to be the oracle she used to be uh, paralyzed so i mean in this issue she's like dismantling nightwing flipping him around and stuff and at one point she was you know stuck to a wheelchair so i mean to answer your question i think it it fit the comic well and it helped the comic progress and it's going to tie them together for further issues but i you know i it could have been done with their current ages too just given the the fact that they're in the bat family Okay. Well, I think uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with the next issue, which I'm sure you will read because it definitely sounds like you had fun with this one. So something that I am still having fun with, another mutant book, of course, that is Sword Issue Number 4. Now, this was written by Al Ewing and art from Valerio Shiti. And we actually laugh less, uh, sorry, last left this book with the king in black having taken control of not just Cable, but also the Isle of Krakoa. And we have, of course, Manifold, the universe jumping mutant who's face to face with basically null inside of Cable's body. And I really like the exchange between the two characters because Null being, you know, in control of Cable's body, he has kind of all the knowledge as far as the X-Force is concerned. And he kind of starts giving Manifold a bit of a tongue lashing and talking about how great Manifold's powers are, but he's still not an Omega level mutant. So he's kind of, you know, poking at him a little bit. And we end up having this really awesome fight because, of course, Manifold can 
travel. He's a teleporter, basically traveled through through the fabric of space and time. Really, really cool. And Cable has the ability to slide using his technology that he has on his arm. So just a really awesome like four pages of just the characters fighting back and forth, popping in and out. And I like how out of nowhere, Manifold ends up showing Null exactly how powerful he is. And I wanted to say this, I didn't want to spoil it, but it's just a really cool moment where he actually tells uh, no, you know, not only do I, I travel through the universe with these teleportation, with this teleportation ability, I actually speak to the universe. And sometimes the universe speaks back and he shows how he told the universe to give him a little bit of the sun. And the dude like wraps the sun within the universe and fabric and all this craziness and just blasts him away with a mini sun, which I thought was just freaking epic. But we end up, you know, towards the end of the issue where there's a lot of quiet council stuff going on after they've pushed Null out of Krakoa, where now all of a sudden it seems like they're less concerned with the King in Black and more concerned with some dealings amongst the mutant population. So I can't wait to see where S.W.O.R.D. is gonna go in the next issue. And of course, I'm still waiting for the conclusion of The King in Black. I gotta read that, it's coming soon. So, there's this has just been such an insane series, and I, I, I really gotta hand it to Marvel because it's, it's just so enthralling. How do you foresee the ability to speak to like the universe and stuff is gonna come in into play with the future you know, issues to come if it does at all. Like, do you foresee that being something that's going to be more capitalized? I honestly think that we won't get to see Manifold really shine anymore. I think that this might have been his one shot, but I could be wrong because I do want to see this character expanded upon. And I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that he's in that I've probably never read. This is the first time within the pages of Sword that I've ever actually seen the character. And within the first four issues, he is a really cool character. And once again, where he was able to do that mini sun, that's like OP, like he may not be Omega level, but in my eyes, that's some Omega level mutant shit. Yeah, it definitely sounded insane. And, and the fact that he just did it to kind of show off, like that was even better because that lets you know that there's probably a lot more behind what he showed. There's That's probably just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, for sure. I'd agree. Hey, what well, that being said, guys, we do have another awesome tag team uh, opportunity. I had no idea that Tom had read this. Uh, <laughs> so we both were kind of just, just, you know, doing our little pre pre show. And usually we're pretty good about sharing what issues we're reading. And, but this week we kind of both got wrapped up in what we were doing. And it looks like we're going to be bringing you ultra mega issue. Number one from image comics. Yep. Yep. And this is written by actually the artist and writer. He's doing double duty, baby. That's James Harron. And I mean, where do we even begin? I, I guess I, I want to start by with a question real quick. Like, what drove you to read this book? I'll say that for myself, I saw basically a giant, uh, almost an uh, Ultraman looking character on the cover. And then I saw a sketch cover next to it. And I was just like, oh, I want to buy a sketch cover today. And why not pick this for my comic book? That was my yeah, reason so for choosing it. I seen the the I want to say just the main uh, co cover and I was like, wow, this looks cool. I've been on this kind of kick where I've been breaking away 
from DC for my third issue. I want to say the last couple of podcasts, the one, one of the issues has always been something a little bit different. Which so is thought, always why? a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like it forced me to kind of break my routine up. And I think we're, we're actually seeing some good results. So I think right off the rip, we need to begin with that. The tone is set. The atmosphere is set with this comic, with this virus. It's it's just spreading around and it's it's pretty much attacking anyone without any discrimination at all. It's bloating their faces in this very, very grotesque and sickening form. It's like green. Their eyes are just bulging. And we're left with this little tidbit that if if it's left on challenge, um, it just grows and continues to grow. And these panels are filled with such like vibrant colors and art. And then it kind of this is where the comic kind of threw me for a loop because it is a good book, but it did kind of just when it, he gets to speak to the, ent- the the spiritual like entity or whatever you want to call it, it kind of just threw me off because you see this such deep breakdown, and then the humans just like uh. Okay, and I was like, "Wow!" I, you know, I felt like there would it would have been a little bit more. No, uh, you I, know, I, I kind of agree, but I, I, I think for me, like, I was really in love uh, with that aspect of Jason because he was like the everyday guy. Even when there's a panel where he gets fired uh, and he's replaced by a robot, his boss even calls him guy. He doesn't even call him by his name. You know, so we kind of see that the character isn't necessarily like fully connected or invested like most people would be. He's kind of like, a I don't really care what's going on, but I want to touch base back to what you were talking about, the artwork. Uh, James Heron is an amazing artist. This is my first experience with him. And I got to say the gore, the like you said, as far as coloring is concerned, of course, now that wasn't Heron. I, I'm, I'm sorry I don't have the color uh, artist for the book. I wish I did. Dave but, Stewart. Oh, good job. Good, good save on that one, bud. But like, I mean, Heron is just amazing. Seriously, I haven't seen this kind of cool looking comic book gore since Ryan Otley in the Invincible series. I think this is probably on that same level. But I, I don't know. I mean, there's so much kaiju monster killing in this that for me, I can't wait to see what happens in the next issue. But what do you think is probably another like important moment uh, in the book that we should probably give the listeners a little, you know, a little bit more information on. So, I mean, a big part of it is, uh, it's kind of revealed that, um, he was a, a, a boxer and he just brutally got beaten. I, I really liked how it touched base on that. It gave us a little bit of a more fleshed out backstory. And I always appreciate that when we get that with our protagonist. So we get the ability to see that he knows some fighting. He knows how to handle himself, but he was really beaten. And that was the end of his boxing career. And then, you know, I really, that, and then that's when it, you know, he, he dives into like the robot part and you just see this dude who's just like weathered and beaten down. And it's just, I, I loved seeing that. I always loved seeing, I guess the redemption arc from, from our protagonist. And I just, I really love the fight sequences between him and, and the monsters. They're just beautiful and gory. And like you said, I cannot get enough of how bloody these comics are. Yeah, and it's certainly not gratuitous violence, at least in my eyes. We talked about other books in previous ish, uh, episodes, sorry, like Berserker, or even when you were talking about God of War, and how sometimes the art, that, that gore was just kind of like, for no reason, whereas it made sense in this because it kind of gave it that that over the top sci fi feel 
Like if you were watching a sci-fi, you know, 70s show with green blood and all this kind of like crazy old school special effects. At least that's how I felt when when reading this book. And for those of you who are thinking about reading it, I will say it's important to note like this book is kind of a preface. It sets things up because you feel like these are the main characters, but eventually you realize that they're not. This is history being told to you. And where we go in the next issue, this is years later on down the road. And who knows exactly where the story is going to turn. I love this book. I really, really did. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I think I'm definitely going to pick up issue number two without a doubt. Like I'm I'm hooked and I am very happy that I stepped away from DC and broke into this book. And it just goes to show me that I need to do that and practice that more often. But with that being said, geeks and geekettes, it is time for us to reveal what we're going to be breaking down for you. Tom, why don't you just go ahead and take the introduction on this? Oh, for sure. But now we didn't have regular news for you, but that doesn't change the fact that this is certainly news. This week in geek. So for sure, this week in geek is one of of one a, a superly highly anticipated title coming to Disney Plus, and that is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. People have been waiting for a long time. We just got done with WandaVision. And it was a couple of weeks that we had to wait before we jumped back into the MCU. And where do we start? I mean, so it's human. I, it's human, right? Yeah, I really I know we we uh, we kind of touched base just a little bit. And I felt like this kind of just broke down so much of that superhero appeal and just made both characters human and just gave you something that you can attach yourself to like it did in WandaVision. And it, it really spoke to me. I, I really loved how it sets itself in, in, in the timeline and just how everything leads up to it. You know, I, I loved seeing Bucky's character, especially break down his walls and when he was talking, I well, I at what point do you want to begin, Tom? I I guess there's so much to. to well, really... I, I don't think we need to even worry about starting from the beginning or anything like that, because we definitely don't want to like super spoil it, because I'm sure there are people listening to this episode right now who probably are waiting for a couple of uh, episodes to come out before they jump in. So I th- just go wherever you want. Let's just get not too crazy. Right. So, yeah, I, I really love the therapist part when he when he's talking to the therapist and there, you know, he's just pretty much like, are you even really allowed to be talking to me like this? Like you're, you're a therapist. And then pretty much he gave us just the flat out, like, I haven't had time to really think about how, you know, what happened or process thing. He's like, I pretty much have been in war nonstop without break. And I haven't had time to even think. And that really just, I never considered that about this character. And it really just spoke volumes to me about the winter soldier. No, I, I agree. Um, I, I, I agree to a certain extent. Let me put it that way. Cause I feel like he, we definitely get more of the psyche of the character, but for me, I don't feel like he necessarily let down his walls. I think he's going to very soon, but I think he's definitely still very, very guarded, uh, in this first issue. But we can. But what what I like about that is, like you said, that's the humanity. You see the struggle, 
And he's still like, he doesn't want to let go. He knows he needs to, but he's, he's not letting go. And something you talked about before, before we got on the actual podcast was, you know, as far as Sam Wilson was concerned and seeing him have to deal with his family's business and trying to bring that back from the dead and going for a loan and not being able to get a loan, even though he's like a recognized superhero and even hearing, you know, like, well, superheroes don't make money and, oh, isn't there money for you guys? It's like, it's yes. definitely, like you said, a much more humanizing way to look at these characters. And I appreciate that, especially for a first episode. And a big thing. And I I, I, I am going to take a stab that maybe people aren't really looking as deep into it. But if you remember in past Avenger movies, Tony Stark was the payroll. So with, with Stark dead, it makes sense that these heroes are, are potentially suffering with the lack of his funding, you know? And I, I I just cannot stress enough during that part when that banker was like, you are lacking five years of, of any sort of pay stuff. And Sam looks at him like, bro, I was blimped out, you know, like half the other people. And it was just insane because that is exactly how I would envision something like this happening. Like, I could not stress enough on how real that scene felt to me. And I just, I, I am really, really wondering who was, you know, there was a villain. It, it felt like the villain presence in there, but we never got a name on that. Did you catch a name at all for that, Tom? No, we have no name as far as the masked character was concerned. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I tried doing research and none of the stuff that I found really made sense to me so i just i threw all those fan theories out the window immediately i will say that i i'm digging this first episode um i'm definitely liking it more than you know what wait, the wait, first wait wait not to interrupt i just found it so this was something that you had to freeze the credits for but it's bat rock uh which was a bad really that's Captain supposed to be America. bat rock Yep, he was oh, uh, first appeared in, in the Winter Soldier. Oh, fail. Fail. But okay, I guess. I mean, I, I'm one of those people that make the character look somewhat like the character. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? No, I gotcha. But, but uh, all right, that's cool, I guess. But uh, at the same time, though, Batrock was a really ugly uh, character design in the comics. So I could see why they wouldn't want to make him look too much like the character. But um, no, back to what I was saying, like I did, I, I did like this episode. I liked it more than I liked the first episode of WandaVision. Um, I just want the action to pick up and I know that's going to happen. But for me, the title Falcon and Winter Soldier, like in my mind, unlike WandaVision, I'm thinking this is going to be action all the time. Yeah. And I, you know, from what I've seen of the little bits of trailers and just leaks, it does seem like we're going to get that. It's just, I'm wondering how long of a buildup we're going to get. You know, with WandaVision, that took a couple episodes. There was a lot of people falling Man. out <laughs> and then realizing like, hey, now it's getting good. And I'm kind of hoping that this steers away from that direction. Um, I know you don't want to do a whole lot of spoilers, but I got to say the ending of this just made me want to vomit. Oh, I, like, I, I don't know if you want to break it down. If not, that's fine. I'm just going to say it was like, you can't do that, you know? Yeah, oh, I, don't, I don't know if we really need to break it down because I feel like anybody who has been waiting for this show already knew that that was going to happen. We might not have known it was going to happen in the first 
first episode, but it was like, all right, this is going to happen eventually, you know, so, ah, all right, let's wait till they kick his ass. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you, but I like the character in the comics. So hopefully they, they really take advantage of him in this series. Absolutely. And with that being said, guys, I think that's going to be a good point for us to wrap this up as always. Before we wrap things up, Tom, what are your plans for the, the next up couple, uh, upcoming couple of days? I know you said you were taking a little bit of a break from everything. So what's been, you know, what's life been, you know, not focusing on game development? Uh, it's all right, but I'll be honest with you. This break has not really been a break. I've been uh, on the little bit of free time that I've had. I've been redesigning the character for my game. <laughs> I can't escape it. I, I really, really love the idea of what we had for that game. So my break was not really a break, but I will be honest with you. I want to play some video games. I feel like I haven't played video games in a while and I need to do that in order to better my craft and better like my mind space as far as game design is concerned. So I need, just need to find a good platformer or a good Metroidvania game, a new one preferably, that'll really get those juices flowing. So please, if you have any suggestions, let me know, brother. Let me know. But I mean, what up with you? What you going to do this week? So I'm actually really excited. This upcoming Friday, I'm going to be taking the day off work and we're going to be just running pretty much all day on the new Monster Hunter Rise game coming out on the Switch. So that's one of my big things, leaking that exclusive on this podcast. You won't hear about this anywhere else until closer to the date. So be sure to tune in if you guys want to see gameplay on that. Of course, as always, though, you're going to hear about it a little bit on our next upcoming podcast. But as always, guys, with that being said, that does wrap up this week's podcast. You can check us out on our respective social media platforms at Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and so much more at Talk Geekly. And as always, Tom, why don't you sign us off? As always, keep it geekly. What's that in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Tom.